you know when they say that the United States is dreamland? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. You just need to work hard and uh, and also believe in yourself and believe that people around you are going to help you. And that's what, that's what happened to us. I mean, we mm-hmm. believed that working hard was going to pay off, and it did. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders and citizens in our community. Today I have with me some people you may know from radio, Luciana and Pedro Bartez, who are here to share a story with us. And I'm not going to spoil the surprise, so we'll just jump right in. Welcome, Pedro and Luciana Bartez. I am so glad you are here to talk about your journey. What I wanted to start with was Facebook post you both did. You got something in the mail that when most of us get it, we're like, oh, we got to take time to do this. But you guys were so excited. Do you want to talk about that? (laughs) Well, first off, we have informed delivery. So we knew there was something coming in the mail that looked like what we wanted to get. And when we got it in the mail, we were jumping up and down and it's not a package from Amazon. (laughs) It was our votes to vote in the primaries. And we were like beside ourselves. We were so excited, high-fiving each other. (laughs) Well, to be honest, Lori, for years, you know, we've been doing college radio at the very beginning of our careers in the United States. And we used to tell kids you know, they were like 16, 17-year-old kids listening to our show at that time. You guys have to vote. You know, there are countries like my country back in the days that people, honestly, they fought so hard to be able to vote. We saw so much apathy. And since then, this is like 1999, 2000, we were like, you know, we can't wait for the first time we can vote in the United States. It took us only 20 years, but we finally <laughs> got it. You've been here for 20 years. So you have had quite the journey. Did you come here to work in radio? Yeah, that's our, that was our main goal. Actually, it was to study radio. That's what we did. We, we went to Green River Community College. We graduated there, but we never expected to maybe stay for such a long time. Our idea was just to learn English and do radio at the same time. But one thing led to the other, and we ended up you know, working with amazing people and working with amazing stations, and we decided to stay. Why don't you tell us about the stations you worked at and what you did? Take us on a little journey. We started in KGRG, the college radio station for uh, Green River College. And after that, we were actually running out of our student visa. I got an offer to work with another guy in Spanish radio. And we were like, what? But we came here to do English radio. But okay, let's try it. So they sponsored our visas. And I started doing the morning show. Pedro started doing the, was it evening show, I think? Yeah, it was an evening show. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then the station decided to go in a different direction. And they didn't want to have an Argentinian on the air. So we were let go. And all of a sudden, we were freaking out because we <laughs> thought we were going back to Argentina, being deported. Pedro had been an intern for Bob Rivers. Yeah, so I was an intern with Bob. We clicked right away. I mean, he was such an amazing person. And the show, the entire show was insanely welcoming to me. I worked as an intern with them for a while. And I never forget when my internship was over, Bob goes, uh, well, you know, I want to hire you. And I go like, okay, well, this is our chance to stay in the United States. So I don't know if you know how the system works when you get visas. There are a certain number of visas that are available every year. That year that he wanted to hire me, everybody had taken visas already. So there were not available visas for anyone. Yeah, you get numbers Uh and it's a certain amount of numbers. There were no more numbers. 
So Bob <laughs> couldn't hire me. The worst thing was that because we didn't have any visas, we needed to go back to Argentina. So I told him, hey, the only way we can stay in this country is if you hire my wife because she already has a number. He goes like, but I don't know your wife. <laughs> and I say, well, I mean, that's the only chance that we have for us to stay in this country. To know her is to love her. And he, he actually, I mean, that's how kind of a guy he is. He decided to hire my wife just out of the blue. He hired my wife and with the promise that after the, my visa avail, became available, I could start working for him and he was going to fire Lucien. <laughs> and that happened. A year after that, he hired me but he decided not to fire Luciana. So we both ended up working I'm for so him. charming. <laughs> you are. <laughs> he couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> but then we both ended up working for him. And working with Bob Rivers opened so many doors for us. Like I started writing jokes for Jay Leno on The Tonight Show. We played music with Spike and the Impalers, a band that Bob formed in the show. So we did so many crazy things. I mean, it was like probably 10 years of our lives that we shared with Bob, Spike, and Joe. Seriously, for us, it was like most amazing thing that ever happened in our lives. That's where I met you all because I worked at Total Traffic just down the hall. Bob did a kind of a thing where he was going to hire a news person. So he had people try out. Do you remember that? We were in a different radio station. That's right. That was still over at the other place. A friend of mine tried for that. I don't know if you remember her. She played the saxophone and she... She wasn't from here. It was around Christmas and we walked through uh, the bond and I saw Frangos. I go, buy Bob Rivers Frangos. You will get this job. <laughs> they- she actually, not only did she do news, she went on to play saxophone yes. with Pike and the Impalers. <laughs> yes, she did. Anyway, Ooh. that's kind of my first introduction to you guys. And then you ended up moving down the hall from me. So I've been kind of following you and I've been watching that you're trying to become citizens And then that's been such an ordeal as well, right? It's a long process. We came here with students' visas, and when they ran out, we got a job. So we got someone to sponsor our H-1B-1 visas. And then we had to move from visa to visa, but those visas at some point ran out. That's when we started. We were still working with Buff Rivers. We started doing the process. And the process had had to stop, so we start to start. We had to start over. Our trip, our journey, was not easy, let's say, but we persevered. And now, a few years later, after so many years of trying and paying so much money to lawyers and to the United States, <laughs> we finally got the green card in 2014. And we had to wait five years to apply for citizenship. So last year we applied. This year, as the pandemic was hitting, (laughs) we went to Portland to take the exam to become citizens. We passed. They scheduled our oath ceremony for March 13th, which which was a Friday the 13th. That should have been a hint. (laughs) The Thursday before, they canceled. They canceled and they told us that nothing's happening from now on. And so we thought, oh my gosh, we are never going to become citizens. And I, I, I hate to point this out because she's my beautiful wife and I love her more than anything else in the world. But when we took the exam, a citizenship test that you have to pass in order to become a citizen, mostly civic questions and history questions, she forgot to say that I got a better score than she got. <laughs> That's not true. I answered more questions than you. So she, she, she I think she forgot that, but it is true. I mean, we were supposed to take our oath on a Friday and because of the pandemic that got canceled and it took maybe like another 
two or three months for us to, to that we had to wait with complete uncertainty because we didn't know we were going to take the oath. And but we finally did it. So who cares? I mean, we are we are citizens now. We're ecstatic. We are so happy. This journey. Yeah, but was let's so not long. forget how did it happen? Because our dream has always been to become citizens on Fourth of July oh. at the Seattle Center, like that beautiful event. Right. And that was my dream all my life. And it was canceled. <laughs> Not only did it get canceled in March, when it got rescheduled in June, the pandemic was still going on. So we get a letter saying, dress accordingly because you're going to be standing outside the whole time. What we didn't know was that we were going to be standing outside, not in a patio, no, on the streets. Oh. <laughs> it was raining. It was windy. It was cold. <laughs> we had to wear a mask a whole time. It was one that we would love to have kids to tell our grandchildren about. Right? <laughs> That's why you're on this show, so you can tell us all about this craziness. Other people's grandchildren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you go in together or one by one? Well, the thing is, you know, because of COVID, we, mm -hmm. we couldn't go. I mean, we went together, but you had to be, we had to stay in line. Mm -hmm. And then one by one had to go through a line. And then there were actually uh, three people taking oath, the, the people that were becoming become citizens. And so I went first and Luciana went second. We couldn't <laughs> be together. But it was like maybe a minute. Uh, he, was, he likes to say that he went first. So, <laughs> so he I, became I a citizen first. first. Yeah. <laughs> We are so excited that you are citizens, and I just love the response you got on Facebook. We have a lot of support. We, we are so lucky, and it's probably all the years of working on radio and being on the air, first with Bob Rivers and then with Marianne Jody. I don't know if it is because we were working with people that people love, People love us too. And so <laughs> the, there was an outpour of support, people saying, Yay, finally. They've been they had been following our journey through all these years in radio and we finally become citizens. We're not on the air anymore. That's funny. That is very <laughs> sad. You know this, Lori, because you, you are on the radio too. And you know how people when you become part of their daily activities. You become part of their family. So yes. we were family for a lot of people here in Washington. They, like Luciana said, they joined our journey from the very beginning. Our frustrations, our disappointments, our happiness when we got the green card. And for a lot of people, honestly, because, you know, they know us for the radio show, for the bands that we play, for everything. When we became citizens, we were shocked. <laughs> the amount of people commenting on Facebook, on social media, presence that we got. We got someone sending us a flag. We got someone sending me like an outfit to wear that day. To take the, I mean, it was seriously, it was insane how much love they showed us. Oh, that makes me so happy. And I was so sad you couldn't have a party because I don't think uh, there would be a big enough room. <laughs> well, no, we couldn't. I know. <laughs> we, uh, we'll do it one day. We'll maybe after uh, the whole thing is over, we'll do something about it. But this is the most important thing for us, becoming citizens. What we really wanted to become citizens for was to have the right to vote. Because mm -hmm. like Pedro said, uh, growing up in Argentina, uh, we both grew up, grew up during the dictatorship. So in 1982, people started voting again. And it must have been like 88 or 89 that we were able to vote for the first time. And I remember going to the place where I had to uh, put my vote right uh, to the polls mm -hmm. 
And I remember going the whole way. It was a Sunday morning, crying, falling, because I was like, oh, my gosh, I get to do this. And then coming back also, like, crying on the streets. So my question to you, Lori, is how was it for you the very first time you had to vote? I was thinking about that, and I know I was really grateful because it was as soon as I was old enough. What happened is I I was so excited. I got to go in and vote, and it felt really good. But then as the years went on, I got busy. I took it for granted. And I think that as Americans, so often we do not realize how very fortunate we are. And we don't realize how hard people have fought for women to vote, for uh, black people to vote, and that it is such a privilege. And that's part of why I wanted you guys on, because I feel like now more than ever, we want to encourage people to vote, (laughs) to sign up. They they can still register to vote. When I saw your happiness at getting your ballot, Uh, right? It was uh, the the ballot for the primaries. And mine came later. So uh, then you, I think you guys got yours a couple because you start with a B, your last name. Anyway, (laughs) but I was just so touched by your joy and your excitement. And I wanted to spread that around. So talk to us as Americans about voting. Well, like Luciana said, uh, our country uh, suffered under the dictatorship for a long time, and many people died, unfortunately, for just that, for the right to express themselves, be free, and vote. Like you said, now that we're Americans, we feel like our people here in the United States sometimes took it for granted. Like, they don't see the importance of just going there and showing who you care about, why, the idea that, I mean, this is democracy. I mean, this is your right, and you have to express that right. You have to go and vote. So when you see that other countries can do that, and we can do this in the United States, do not, please, do not take it for granted. Just go there, vote. I know some people say, well, but sometimes in Washington it doesn't matter because it always matters it, because it's an expression of yourself. That's who you are. You, if you really care about democracy, you have to show that you really do that. It doesn't matter who wins. I mean, of course it matters. But what I'm <laughs> saying is you have to be part of this democracy and show it by voting. That's my idea. It's been since I was a kid. I love that. And you're right. People think because we live on the West Coast that we don't matter. And we truly do. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody matters. And it's like, and yeah, sometimes your candidate is going to win and it's going to be wonderful because I remember my candidate winning once, Mm -hmm. but I also remember my candidate losing horribly once. (laughs) And well, it happens. But mm-hmm. it's important to do it. And it's so easy here in the United States. It's not like you, uh, it, it, like in Argentina, that's the only reference we have. We don't know any other countries. But in Argentina, it's one Sunday in which everybody goes and, and votes. But here in the United States, you can uh, mail in your ballot. You can go to a poll. You can drop it somewhere. And it's like, you don't even need a stamp anymore. It's yeah. so easy. <laughs> it is. There's no excuse, right? Yeah. No excuse. What, like in, in Argentina, for example, voting is mandatory. And you get 90% of the people voting. 90%. Wow. What is the percentage here in the United States? 30%? I think I'm being wow. generous. So seriously, I mean, this is the time, especially young people, because we always see it, young people, how much they want to participate mm-hmm. in this world via social media and via many other ways that they do. Well, the best way for you to participate, to be part, 
of this country is voting. That's the best way. It's your best weapon to change whatever you want to change. Something we noticed when we came to the United States was the huge respect Americans have for the troops. If you really respect the troops, you need to vote because they are defending your rights constantly. If you don't vote, it's like almost like throwing away what they are doing for you. So beautifully said. Thank you. You guys wanted to be citizens before you ever left Argentina, right? Or just after you no, got we, here? Actually, we didn't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> we came here to study and then go back. But mm. it's like I kept on telling my family, you know what? If things ever start going really bad, we'll come back. But things ever always improved with us. So. Well, Lori, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm embarrassed to admit this. Oh. But when I was a kid, like I'm talking maybe eight, seven, oh. eight years old. Oh, Lori, you should know when he starts with it, when I was a kid, there's this speech. True. You're getting the speech, Lori. I used to watch a lot of TV. And, you know, in Argentina, we used to get TV shows from the United States a little bit late because it's not like now that you can watch anything you want at any time. At that time, you know, we used to get TV shows maybe five years later. And I used to watch... I remember Fantasy Island, Love Boat. The plane. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> oh my, I mean, I want to be part of the United States. It was my dream since I was a kid. Like, I really wanted to be in the United States because I felt like you can ask for a wish and you can get granted any wish you want, like in Fantasy Island. So it's amazing. <laughs> since I was a kid and I always wanted to be in the United States. Then I became a musician in my country and, you know, the best drummers in the world are here in the United States. Like. So had a chance to come when I was 16 and I remember bumping into one of my favorite drummers in the world when I was 16 on the street. Who? I was like, this is, him. it was Evan Jones, he's a jazz drummer. Oh. Uh, and I was like, oh my, this is, this is insane. This country gives you so many chances and possibilities to <laughs> study, to improve yourself, to be around the best people in the world. And uh, so I always wanted to come to the United States. We never thought it was going to be radio, the thing that was going to bring us here. <laughs> so when we started doing radio and having the chance to be surrounded by talented people like, you know, like Bob Rivers, like Mario Reamer, like all the people that we bumped into when we were in radio. I mean, that's it. I mean, we don't need anything else. To us, <laughs> this is it. We are so ecstatic that not only to be part of this country now, but also to be able to say that we have been part of the history of this country, too, by just doing radio right. and by improving it the way we could and trying to help as much as possible. It's a fun job. It's kind of cruel to call it a job. It's right? not really a job. <laughs> I often post that on Facebook. I am like, they call this working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is fun. <laughs> so I remember, Pedro, I don't remember when I heard this. You were in the room and somebody said something about you writing, we can't gloss over this, writing jokes for Jay Leno. And I was just like, what? How long did you do that? Well, I, again, that's something else that was part of my unbelievable stories that I can share <laughs> now. I used to write jokes in a blog uh, just for myself because I always liked writing uh, characters and stories. and So I used to write little jokes, and Bob was aware of that, and he used to read them sometimes on the air and make fun of them or sometimes just laugh with Spike and Joe. And one day we had the chance to interview on the phone Jay Leno. So Bob wanted to help me, and he goes, like, you know what I'm going to do? When I talk to him, I'm going to read one of your jokes. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Please do that. <laughs> and he did. We were recording the interview. And uh, so Bob told uh, Leno one of my jokes. 
Unfortunately, uh, Bob didn't do a good job telling <laughs> my joke. And Jay Leno kind of mocked me, like, I mean, in a, you know, in a funny way. He's a comedian. Right. So he made, he made fun of the joke and made fun of me with a silly joke, whatever. It was fun. You know, it's radio. You like those kind of things because people can have fun, too. But then Bob felt really bad because, you know, he felt guilty. So he said, <laughs> Jay Leno was coming to a casino in the area. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to take you and your wife to see Jay Leno just because, you know, uh, I kind of butchered your joke. So I said, sure, why not? So we went there with Luciana, and I had prepared because Spike told me, just be smart, write a couple, of, write some of the jokes on a piece of paper and give them to Jay Leno. So, okay, I did that. I wrote in, in cue cards like 10 jokes, and I wrote the phone number, my phone number on the other side. <laughs> and we went to the meet and greet. We took a picture with uh, Jay Leno, and I remember I got on my knees, and I said, you know, Mr. Leno, for me, it would be such an honor if you can take these jokes with you. And whenever you have some time, just read them. And he, you know, graciously took them, <laughs> put it in his pocket. And that was it. That was a Friday, I think. <laughs> and on Monday, we came back from work from the Bob River show. And I had a phone call when I got up from the nap from L.A. And uh, when I listened to the message, it was Jay Leno. T telling me that he had read some of the jokes and that he liked them, that if I could call him back. And I was like, oh, no, this is Bob pranking me. He probably <laughs> got some guy impersonating Jay Leno and calling me on my phone. So I said, okay, this is Bob. I called Bob right away and I said, Bob, you shouldn't have done that. This is heartbreaking to me. How can you do this? <laughs> and he swore to me that he didn't do it. <laughs> So I said, oh, okay. So, you know, this is radio. So the next day, of course, on the radio show, we played the phone call from Jay Leno. And we were like, okay, Pedro's going to call Jay Leno later. You can imagine, Lori, that I was freaking out. <laughs> I had never spoken with Jay Leno on the phone and asking for anything. Oh. So I called him. Luciana was next to me. I was shaking. <laughs> First, the secretary, his secretary answered the phone. And I was like, okay, well, they're probably going to give me an answering machine or something. No, he picked up the phone and he told me, I want you to write for me. <laughs> so it's like, okay, can you, I don't know, imagine me from Argentina writing for Jay Leno. <laughs> Love it. And so, yeah, we, I ended up writing for him until he retired in 2014, I think. That is such so, an awesome story. Yeah, six years. And the way you write when you are a freelancer, so you send jokes every day and sometimes he uses them on the, at that time in the monologues. Mm -hmm. And he used to use maybe maybe five, six jokes a week or something like that. Really? So it was fantastic. Yeah. That is so awesome. I love that so much. Well, we're out of time. I just want to see if you have any last words that you want to say before we wrap up. What can we say, Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can say, first off, thank you, Lori, for remembering us now that we're unemployed and missing radio. Just to have the chance to talk to someone like you, such a, an amazing radio personality here in Seattle. It's such an honor and also a fun way to be back on the air, at least for 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> uh -huh. But for us, it's so important to be back on the air. Well, radio misses you. Oh, oh so thank kind. you. Yes. And just before COVID, I, was, I had high hopes you guys had come here and then COVID hit and all the radio stations kind of cleared things out. Hopefully yeah. when it passes, uh, some new opportunities will come about. So. Let's hope so. Mm -hmm. uh, we are applying for jobs and all that. Isn't that crazy that, that we become citizens and there's a 
pandemic and we can't find jobs because nobody's hiring. <laughs> I feel like it's like one of those things that you couldn't even make up. It gives Pedro more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pedro, start writing jokes. Come on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you know, we always make fun. You know, Lucy and I, we've been together for literally, and I'm not exaggerating to you. We dated when I was 14 and she was 13. Wow. And we've been together since. It's more like 30, more than 36, 37 years. Oh, together. I love oh, that. She actually does know how long we've been together. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and if, Lori, if you only knew all the things that we went through here in the United States, uh, like amazing positive things, and also some, you know, really, really bad things that mm -hmm. we had to go through. So we always say that one day we're going to sit together and uh, write a, a, a book about this because people need to know all the crazy things that happen to us. And they do. also the ultimate thing is that when you go through and you fight hard mm -hmm. and you work hard, yeah. you know when they say that the United States is dreamland? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. You just need to work hard and, uh, and also believe in yourself and believe that people around you are going to help you. And that's, uh, that's what happened to us. I mean, we mm -hmm. believed that working hard was going to pay off, and it did. And just a quick recap of what you are so excited about and what we get the privilege of doing. Well, first off, we have informed delivery. So we knew there was something coming in the mail that looked like what we wanted to get. And when we got it in the mail, we were jumping up and down. And it's not a package from Amazon. <laughs> it was our votes to vote in the primaries. And we were like beside ourselves. We were so excited. High five at each other. <laughs> I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks so much for listening today. Aren't they a fun couple? Hey, if you have not registered to vote, you can text the word voter to 26797. And even if you're not sure, they can tell you if you're registered and where you can get registered. So take it from Pedro and Luciana. Get yourself registered and take advantage of a privilege we have to vote. I hope you learned something new today. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.